and that's part of why I think doctors fall into the trap because they don't realize that. They just see that they're making a lot of money now. The money has come in and they've had all this time of pent up demand. And then now they have the money, so they want to spend it. And they, you know, and they feel like they need to reward themselves for all of this delayed gratification. So you can totally justify it and you can totally feel okay about it. But you don't realize actually that despite making this large income after taxes and when you account for the fact you have to plan for your own retirement and you have a defined period of time where you can do that, you're not as rich as you think. This is the Personal Finance Show. Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. The loony doctor wants to keep new doctors from falling into the lifestyle inflation trap. The loony doctor prefers to remain anonymous, so all I can tell you is that he is a doctor, and he lives somewhere in southern Ontario. As you may have heard, doctors aren't always the best at managing their own personal finances, and it's not surprising. I want my doctor to be really good at being a doctor. They have tons of information in their brains, and for many, there is no more room for finances. And it may seem like doctors don't need help because they make so much money, but the sad truth is that the more money you make, the more debt and subsequent trouble you can get into. The path to getting your medical license is often very long. You get your undergrad, then three to four years of medical school, and then three or more years of residency before you start making what you and I would consider to be real doctor money. So the shift from the student-resident lifestyle to the doctor lifestyle can be shocking for some, and can lead them on a path of spending money they think they have, but really don't, not tackling their debts right away, and not thinking about saving money at all. Often they end up working longer than they need to and burning out as a result. The Looney Doctor decided to start a blog to try to help new doctors get a handle on things as early as possible in their careers. He joined me in the studio to tell his personal finance story. Well, my first relationship with money was, you know, we had a little bank account, and then if we saved money from our allowance in there, it would get interest, which we could then see in our little books. But that really didn't uh, mean anything to me. No, it didn't. Like, you you remember seeing the books, but at the time, it didn't, like, make an impact? It became real when I was a little bit older. uh, Still probably, I don't know, eight, maybe. And there was this helicopter, one of the corner stores that I wanted really, really badly. Okay, and like not a motorized one, but just no, like a model one? No, just like a little, yeah. like a dinky car. Yeah, sure, Except sure. The helicopter version of a dinky car. Sounds I thought pretty I, cool. And I thought it was like the coolest thing yeah. ever. So I really <laughs> wanted that, but it was $8, and I didn't have $8. So mm, You didn't have it in your bank account. Or, or maybe you did, but I you did, didn't but I, but I wanted to leave that there because sure. if I left that there at New Year's, it would get doubled, you see. So. Oh, was that the rule? Yeah, that was okay, the rule. Okay, so who made that rule? Your, that was your, my dad. Your dad? Your that, sa- so that was his way of encouraging you to save. That's right, yeah. So he did that. So he did, he did. He gave me a job instead, though. So Yeah, I, yeah. We had had our, our roof redone, and the roofers had left nails all over the place. So he was going to pay me 
You started out. He started out with ten cents a nail, but after about ten twenty bucks, he decided to better, <laughs> better down it a little bit. That's all right. Okay, so, so you're able to make a little bit of money doing that. That's how you got. The, yeah, I got the money the allowance. doing that, and then I got got to get my helicopter. So mm, okay, so you, you but you left that uh, money in the savings. Yeah, I didn't touch that. So that it was now. If your dad did that every year. Since then, that, you know the doubling concept. Yeah, that, yeah, that's long <laughs> since died off. Yeah, you should have held him to it. Yeah, no, this was the '80s. Inflation. Was Sign different. a little contract yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> you will double this forever. <laughs> that would have been, but then he would, you know, you would make him broke, right? So. Oh, totally. Yeah. You uh, so that's good. So you had the saves, but then you were able to learn that you had to work a little bit to get the thing that you wanted. That's right. And yeah. then was there a point then when you started actually working? on a job for yourself, like without your parents? My main jobs when I was younger were, I did, I did delivered newspapers for a while, which, yeah. you know, was my first experience with failed business because <laughs> okay, the, 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 the amount you got paid per, they paid you by the newspaper yeah. delivered and it, it was, uh, and then you had to go collect the money. And so it just wasn't worth your time. Well, you, you, you basically bought all the newspapers from them yeah, and then okay. you went and delivered them. And by the time you took into account how much you would deliver and then, You'd, you'd get stiffed by some people. Yeah, that's true. So, right? so you really did not come out with much money after that. No, and what about like uh, Christmas tips or would that yeah, Chris, make up for yeah, it? Yeah, well, bit? Christmas was Christmas was good. It was you yeah, got some candies and stuff like that. But sure. but the rest of the year, I think the the margin on the newspaper for delivery really was low. very very low. And then the the uh, delinquency rate in collecting was high as well. Wow. So, yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's why they get kids to do it. Yeah, that's right? why they because get kids to do it. <laughs> it's yeah. not a, it wouldn't be a fair wage otherwise. No, I had no so idea. So early experience with, well, this doesn't make sense, this uh, this setup. And so did you learn from that and, and uh, look for a, a better job or another way to make money? Yeah, well, that, uh, after that, I, I got busy with other things, just uh, school and activities that yeah. I was in. And I decided, well, I can focus my time and effort now and then get a better job longer term or I can get other jobs. But if that's distracting me from from other things that can in the long run give me a better job, then I'm going to focus on that instead. And I was fortunate in the fact that, you know, I, we didn't, I didn't have to work for... Yeah, that, our, and that's the question. You so know, for our family. I mean, my parents... They took, so, care, took of care of everything. So. And like, so the basics or if you... I guess maybe you didn't need much except for that the helicopter... <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. We did. We, I had, I had Lego, which I had. That was my main toy. And, yeah. Uh, we otherwise we played outside and did stuff. So. And then in high school, like, what about going out with friends and things like that? Do you remember, like, it, it was interesting. I grew up in far north Ontario, so well, how far north? You don't have to reveal anything you don't uh, want to reveal. Yeah. So it's a good time to mention that, uh, that you know this is the Looney Doctor and he's anonymous. I'm not even going to say your first name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll just keep that because that's not on the site anywhere. No. No. Okay. <laughs> so that's and so we'll try to pay attention to that going forward. I'm gonna edit out the thing that I just said. Yeah. Reveal right. <laughs> where the Looney Doctor is from. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. There might be like a little snip right here. Yeah. And okay. So you so somewhere I grew in up the, in a small in the town Timmins in, area. Yeah. Small town, northern Ontario. Yeah. Where I grew yeah. Up, somewhere so. between Timmins and Thunder Bay. How about that? Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> or James Bay. <laughs> yeah. It's somewhere if you train if you can triangulate between all of those. That's right. That's right. Good luck. Uh, good luck finding yeah. the, the origin uh, place there. So yeah. Are you saying then you didn't uh, you know need much in terms of spending? Yeah. Well, I think it was different. Like you didn't you didn't have. The good and the bad thing is you didn't have access to a lot of 
things to spend your money on. The malls, so, yeah, yeah, like the yeah. So you there wasn't a lot to spend on that. You could you could go to the movies, but the movie theaters maybe open, you know. Once yeah. or twice a week, and maybe two, like just two, or maybe just one. Well, one it was, thing it was, showing. Yeah, it was one and one one movie, and that was it. So either oh, you went yeah. and you, or you didn't. Uh, so you you hung out with your friends most of the time. That was really the the main yeah pastime. And yeah, and, and that didn't that, that didn't have to cost no any, anything really. Would you like get like if you needed money like to you know buy dinner or something? Your parents would be like, "Here's a whatever." Did you have allowance still? Yeah, we had we had an allowance, yeah. but you know you could, uh, yeah, you could probably do, probably not a dinner, but you could yeah. probably, <laughs> you, you could probably you could go Get to lunch. You, you could go to you go to you could go to a movie once every couple. Tuesday Tuesday. I think I've mentioned yeah, Tuesday Tuesday yeah. all the time. For yeah, something. yeah, you could go you could go to a movie. Anybody once who grew in a while. up sort of in the eighties nineties ish might remember getting yeah. lunch for two dollars. Yeah, you could do that, or you could rent a movie. Yeah, exactly. Back when they had movie rentals. Okay, so no real need for uh, no real, I guess, need is a is probably the wrong word, but you didn't have a lot of wants and desires for like excess or stuff. I had no idea. It's very it was very different for me when I moved down to southern Ontario because then mm. you have access to everything everything anything you want anything you want anytime you want you have to learn how to manage that which when you grow up someplace that's kind of isolated you don't have to manage that so much because it's not really it's not an option it's not an issue yeah so, so uh, do you have an example of like something that you just started to do that you had to sort of rein yourself in on when you moved down well it didn't at first it didn't really matter because we just didn't have money at that yeah, point okay. either so sure but yeah when we after after i started collecting physician money yeah yeah well, we're jumping ahead we'll come back but yeah and yeah that, 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 the money wasn't a limiter and the access wasn't a limiter so that's a good point you could you could go crazy okay so let's talk about that more more later in terms of you know how physicians might manage that that situation because that that does sound tricky right especially you know uh, i'll I'll just say uh, say this briefly but like yeah you're a poor student you're a semi-poor resident uh, and maybe even fellow and then you just you become full physician and you are uh, raking it in right as as people would say yeah and if you don't know how to keep your uh you know lifestyle inflation down you could oh yeah, it's, it's a it's a perfect storm. It is a okay, great. So really okay, is. so let's go back then. So you somehow know that uh, you're gonna get your earning uh, potential more by just focusing on school, and so you got like so. I'm guessing you got great grades then. You were to focus. Yeah, I, well, I did really well early high school. Yeah, and then I figured out that you know for things like medicine or teaching or the things I wanted to do was actually the university grades. Oh, that, that mattered. mattered. Okay. So, you so I, like, I decided wow. I should pace myself. So <laughs> I kind of, I slacked off through, through the rest of high school and yeah. picked, picked it up in my final, final couple of sure, years. You to, just needed that you were to, to get into a good university and then universities when I buckled down. OAC at this time. Yeah. We had OAC. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was in OAC and, and, uh, I think my wife was one of the last OACs, if not the year after I was forget. But right on that cusp there where, like, yeah, she where knows it that it exists, but maybe didn't have to go through it. Um, and, yeah, so I did, too. And, yeah, it was just those six credits, right? Yeah. That was the only thing that matters. Six Ontario academic credits. That's so right. six, like, grade 13 courses. Yeah, and I even front, I front-loaded a couple of them, too. So in my final couple of years of high school, I had lots of spares. Wow. Kind of took it easy. But you didn't work or anything. No, I, I I wasn't working for money. You were relaxing. Oh, did you do other? Oh, you were doing other, all these activities. Yeah, I was, I was. What, what I other was, kind of things? Well, I was. I was an army cadet. So okay, I so focused, you were in there. Yeah. yeah so I folks took that took a lot of time and effort sure. to, to do that, and then I also uh, competed in in some sports as well. So that 
also took time. Nice. So that, that's probably where I put most of my energy in kind of the latter half of high school. Can you talk about the cadets for, for a bit uh, in sure. terms of uh, teaching you uh, life lessons and discipline, that kind of thing? Is that yeah. the benefits? Yeah. If it was, well, it had a lot of benefits. I think the biggest uh, thing that I took away from Army cadets was leadership training. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, and that's been kind of a theme throughout my entire career, even with what I do now. So the Army Cadets has a great leadership program, uh, and that's really one of the core things that runs all the way through it. So okay. you learn about leadership, you get practice with it, and you develop those skills in that structure. And it's, yes, it's a paramilitary structure, so you know there's a rank system and there's sure. uh, rules and that type of thing. But there there is that in any environment, yeah. uh, whether you call it's it or not. It's still a hierarchy, even if yeah. it's in, informal, it's there. Yeah. And, and, there, and there's a difference between command and leadership. So command, yeah. command is the okay. legal right to give someone orders and they have to obey them. Leadership is actually helping people uh, figure out, sometimes it's helping them figure out what it is they want to do and then help Guide them to lead them and get, and, get, yeah. and get them motivated and help them work their way through that. So to meet the goals of the to organization. The, to meet the goals of, of, of yeah, the organization Whatever. or the individual, whoever. So yeah, that's all, exactly. that's all leadership and that's very different from command and the emphasis really was actually on leadership. So And so you, uh, I mean, today, again, I'll jump forward for a sec, you have experience, you have actually both of those situations, right? You have the ability to give people orders in a way, right? You have, yep. if you have yeah. subordinates, yep. but you also have the interest of, uh, say, the hospital or the department to uh, keep flowing. That's right, yeah. And and so you and the early training, uh, you find it just carried all the way through. Yeah, it gave me a very strong base to carry yeah. through. And then I've done other leadership training since then, and it's all variations on the same flavors. Yeah, and you know you learn a, a bit about de- operating in different environments, which is different. And some of the um, you know the nuts and bolts of management uh, within an organization is is something you have to do in addition to leadership. But they all still mesh together. And that's not necessarily a, a, a common thing for all doctors to have. Uh, it's You don't have to have leadership abilities at all necessarily to no, be you a don't. doctor. No, uh, right? you don't. And I mean, that's the one thing about medicine that's great is you can do pretty much anything. Yeah. And there's enough need in mm. enough different areas that you can always, if you can find an area where there's a need and something needs to develop, be developed, well, you can go in there and you can develop that. So it has all those opportunities, which is great because it's, people can self-select what to do within that. So some people would not want to do, I'd say most don't want to do anything in a large leadership or capacity. Administrative yeah, capacity. It's, it's very few that do. Sure, but okay. for, uh, and even for myself, I'll, I, I'll do it in areas where I think actually I can do something good to make a difference. And with add value. I, yeah, I'm not into going to meetings and I don't like uh, doing a bunch of talking without actually doing things. Sure. So I'm only going to okay. take on something where I think I actually can develop it into uh, something really good. So, And it's good that you have that uh, luxury to be able to do that, right? Oh, yeah. I've been very f- lucky. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. med school is really difficult and, and residency as well. And, and then you would have spent time in fellowship as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we, and we will, we'll get through that path in a sec. So you're heading to university now. You're chilling for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Let's go doing your cadets. Yeah. So you're just, you're busy. I was busy. Just not like working the retail yeah, jobs I, like everybody else. No, I doing. didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. But I feel, I mean, I worked I mean, in the summer, but 
Yeah. I, you, well, yeah. Okay. What do you do in the summers? Well, in the summer I, with the army cadets, I could oh, so work, you so, yeah. actually get work. Yeah. There. So if oh, you nice. do well, you can go back and be staff for their camps. And the camps every oh, every camps. summer from when I was twelve, they would run you know two to six weeks long, and they take up most of the summer. And then my last okay three years or so, I would go and teach at them. So. You're like a counselor or yeah. Or yeah. What do they call it? Is that... Well, I was a warrant officer and then <laughs> I was a sergeant major. So it nice. sounds so much better. <laughs> it's, than it's, not as, not, it's not as warm and fuzzy. <laughs> You're tipping, <laughs> tipping canoes over. No. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure there's still a lot of the campy type stuff, right? Well, the, the place where I, I was very fortunate in that the place that I worked at was in Banff, Alberta. So it was oh, a, wow. they, they had a leadership course there where they'd take the top people from Canada, UK and a bunch of places. And then you'd go there and basically you could rock climbing and kayak and glacier climbing. That sounds way better than oh. landscaping or, oh, way or better. working at a yeah. uh, grocery store. It's way better. Than, yeah, okay. it was the, that was the, probably the best job I had. Okay. Uh, I did I did do landscaping and tree planting after that, which was a stark oh, you contrast. Did. Oh, yeah. Oh, but in the breaks during university? In university, yeah. Okay, so, you, so this is really great early, like to have this early leadership experience. I mean, you know, uh, when I was younger, anybody who was in cadets uh, would be like the nerds, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and so it's like there's all this stigma saying, yeah. oh, don't go do that, right? Don't be yeah. in this club. Don't be in the, the mathletes and all this stuff. Yeah, but, it depends where you are. If we're for where we were, we were in the Army cadets. So it was most of the, well, not most, but about a good chunk of the kids our age did it. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, basically it was, we did, you know, we had shooting and we went yeah, cam- so <laughs> shooting and camping a lot. So it wasn't really mess with the, it, those people. We made fun of the air cadets. They learned about, you know, math and <laughs> okay. math and, so they were and the science nerds. and stuff like that. <laughs> so we kind of made fun of them, but we were shooting and camping. So that was, that was our thing. So it was, uh, you know, where else do you get as a bunch of teenagers to go camping well, with, with other bunch of teenagers of, of of boys and girls all together and get to hang out for weekends like it was pretty and you get to travel places yeah, this opportunity to work in the summers going all the way to Banff and yeah. do you remember would, was it decent money or was it just uh, like living money uh, to, it, it didn't pay, it, did, it didn't pay much I think no yeah no, but, but it doesn't didn't matter I mean the experience itself was amazing well, you didn't have to pay for anything in the summer you no no exactly because you, know, yeah. you, you, you didn't and you didn't have a an opportunity to really spend your money because no. you're on base. You're doing all this the stuff. whole summer. So yeah, you'd finish up a summer with probably two thousand bucks, and that sounds and, great. Yeah, and that, you know, that, yeah, and that's that's you know two thousand nineteen. Uh, well, you're nineteen ninety dollars. You know, <laughs> so is that then? Is that how you paid for your uh, school then, or did your parents cover? that? No, my parents. My parents helped out with uh, our first degree, so that was nice. They had two major financial goals. One was to pay for both my sister and I to go yeah. to. Uh, university and then also to be able to retire early those were kind of their okay two wow this is major this is financial can goals, we talk so. about them for a sec like without sure. revealing uh, yep. too much so well, what did they do for work yeah so my mom uh worked as a nurse in the hospital mm-hmm. and she kind of uh, she worked up and down between casual and part-time and full-time okay. depending on what was what was going on and my dad worked in the lab at the hospital so he was okay a so, tech, the, so both medical parents but neither yep. one of them were physicians no yeah no and so did you know you wanted to go into some kind of health sciences was that yeah i, I or no well i had i had no idea okay when i was younger mm-hmm. but at the time i got uh, with the time i went to university yes yeah so you started so i'm guessing then you went into sciences i knew from high school that i wanted to go into science okay and I was actually going to be a science teacher. That was I was in a uh, okay. concurrent education program where you do your bachelor of education and your bachelor of science. So that's at what the same you signed time. up for. That's what I signed up okay. for, knowing that you know after three years I could apply to medicine. If that works out, great. 
but if it otherwise... doesn't, I've got a great career as well. Okay. So and so you did you after three years apply? Yeah, I did. So and, I, and then you I, got I, in. yeah, I got in. So okay, so now you're starting med school, and okay, so your parents pay for the this three years of undergrad. I That's guess right, did yeah. they save a yep. save a year on? <laughs> well, yeah, did well, it get that transferred was, over? Well, no, that was part of the yeah. So they they helped bridge me my first. Yeah, year into medicine, first year into yeah. medicine. Okay, so that yeah, yeah okay, that, yeah. that last it, year, you know, yeah. and when it, and it was good because when they like they we always lived in a budget in our house, mm-hmm. and then when I went to university, I got a budget. And oh, so they gave you like a physical budget? Oh, oh yeah, my dad gave me a Quattro Pro uh, spreadsheet, which wow, was my first Quattro budget. Pro. Oh yeah, and every, every oh. <laughs> everything everything on it was itemized. This is before, to, to the dollar. Excel, like Lotus One Two Three. Yeah, sort yeah, of this was yeah, that, yeah, this was that early generation. software. Anybody who's listening who's <laughs> of a certain age, uh, this yeah. Excel or Google Sheets. It was an upgrade from the stone tablets <laughs> and, and those little those little tapes that you used to put in. Oh man, yeah, oh, so crazy. You stuck to this budget then oh yeah you had i had to because you know the tuition would be paid right away yeah and then i would get a certain amount each month that was my money to from my budget okay and that's that's it hmm. so i had to spend so so early early budgeting experience like i have to live within this i don't have a credit card to fall back on that's which right. I, I guess a lot of students might have but they also might have a line of credit that they can just grab anytime well it happened for me in medical school so okay that's, that, that so changes now the, we're in first year where you're half paid and now what do you now the banks are throwing you money it's one of the difficult things so yeah you'll get a, a line of credit and you know and usually you know, you do need some of it. Yes, because it's expensive. And same with, uh, you know, OSAP or whatever. Do you remember the tuition at the time? Uh, uh, is this something you can reveal? Yeah, yeah, public, I remember right? at the time. It w- I, I came in right at the cusp where they totally deregulated it. So, oh, okay. So I, I think each year of, of my tuition more than doubled. So Really? My first year was probably, I don't know, $5,000. Sure, which is was close to maybe what... Uh, regular yeah it was a little it was a bit it was a yeah yeah. it was was just a little bit more and then it was 10 Mm. by the second year and then it was up in the teens by the year after that so which we when we were all running where does all the money go (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) what did did they do before yeah yeah well yeah that's just it do you remember like why all of this happened they stopped getting funding from government or no i think the government just deregulated it yeah because and but why well because universities need money i mean they okay you know, I think there's programs that make money, programs that cost money, and if you can't charge what the market will bear, then okay. then you're you're leaving money on the table. Which you know, if we want to make an equal society yeah. and have people be able to do things by you know their abilities, it's it's bad. But they have to uh, run the show too, I guess. So. Yeah. So that they were probably they probably made a good case for they weren't making any money or weren't able to keep certain things at the levels that they were. And so we need to deregulate this so we can charge what, and then they probably justified every doubling. Of yeah, it. I'm sure they could. Yeah, yeah. at the time, because otherwise it would seem a little extreme. Yeah. But yeah, like that's kind of what it is and now. Actually, not not now. It's like more in the 20s now. Yeah, yeah it's kept um, rising. Per year, right? So, okay. So you're into line of credit because you don't have that money. Yeah, so I was into my line of credit, but I lived, uh, I tried to minimize that. And then my uh, now wife moved in with me too. So, okay. And she had, you know, we, we met in at the, my in my undergrad university and then she did some training after that. So she got a job and... So and she's working So now. she she worked and, and basically supported us. Okay, so. yeah. <laughs> so, uh... so she had her job and kept me around. Well, I'm sure that, that happens a lot in, uh, in relationships, right? Yeah. Uh, because it just seems like such a valuable thing to go to med school. And it's one of those things where 
there's kind of a clear goal at the end. Yeah. It's not like a philosophy degree or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, right? once you're once you're into medical school, the chances of you getting a job after are not 100%. But they're pretty But good. they're pretty high. So I, I guess the risk is maybe you won't get the residency yeah, match you may, that you want or Yeah, you, yeah, you may not get exactly what you want. Yeah. But you'll probably you'll you'll get something. Yeah. Although now, you know, I think they've cut it so tight there's people that are still ha- are actually having difficulty. They do medical school and have a hard time getting a residency. So Yeah. Which is a newer phenomenon. It's pretty new, right? And yeah. it's because they're going for really competitive areas. Is that why? It's, it, no, it's not that. It's mm. a, well, that, that can be the case for some. For some, but but and, the majority. And is for what? others, it, it's a matter of matching, and they've cut back the number of residency positions enough that their number of residency positions and the number of doctors graduating is very, very, very close. Oh, okay. And they, they say there is enough, and there is if you count um, French-speaking sure. residencies in Quebec okay. in, yeah. the, in the equation. If you take those out, then it's then it's uh, much, much, much tighter. If you're not so, bilingual, yeah, then that you, might then, be then you may, Then you may have you. a problem. So, okay, so, so it's, it's pretty is tight everyone now. listening, you learn French early. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, it's very, <laughs> you very handy. Get a residency in Canada. Yeah. Now, do people... Can they leave Canada and do they for residency? You can. You can. You can do it. it, it it's it's hard to do that. Okay. And if you do that, it's hard to come harder to come harder back. Harder to come back. And they because they so. they want you to to show that you have experience in Canada. Yeah, Canada. Yeah, Canada's regulation system is closed. The system here w- between here and the United States is very different. Okay. So so there's you know so there are places in the U.S. where you can go and do a residency and have no problems coming back here afterwards so and really other depends. ones yeah other ones where you'll have okay. more of a struggle so sure okay so that's interesting but you didn't have an issue no i was fine so you're you're going through med school you decide you wanted to specialize at some point yeah in, well yeah i started off i wanted to be rural family doctor because that's the only kind of doctor i actually knew of course, so yeah that's all we know and then uh, as i went through different rotations i found things that i like and that i didn't like and then i uh, ended up where i am so yeah so, and can you reveal any of that or no? Yeah. So specifics? I, I did like every different aspect of medicine when I was going through and that was part of the attraction. Yeah. And then I found I liked the, I liked the sort of sicker end of the spectrum. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll do emergency medicine. Okay. And I liked the parts of emergency medicine when people came in and they were really, really ill. And I didn't like as much the sort of uh, walk-in medicine that goes with the eMERGE department as okay. well. So then I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll do a specialty where, you know, I'm not the first line of that coming in but then i can kind of once you know people have been selected out as being a bit sicker then i'll look after those people and that's how i ended up doing medicine and internal medicine and then eventually the intensive care unit so okay so and that's where and that's where you're uh, spending most of your time these days yeah is the intensive care unit yeah and we won't say what hospital or what city excellent (laughs) so (laughs) and uh so yeah so let's talk about the finances during this this part then okay so you're you're now wife but girlfriend at the time, supporting uh, both of you uh, and plus a line of credit for tuition and yeah. that kind of stuff. But uh, at a certain point, uh, then you go into residency. Yeah. And how long was your residency or how long was it to start? Yeah. So my residency, well, it ended up being six years. So but, Yeah. Okay. And that was, you knew that from the beginning? Or well, I knew you? you do three. Yeah. And then after that, you'll pick uh, either another year to finish off a generalized specialty or okay. you'll pick another two to three years to pick 
specialization. If you so. don't want to be a, a general practitioner or family doctor. Yeah, well, family, yeah, family medicine would be two to three years. Yeah. And, and then I went into internal medicine, which is automatically three. Okay. And then all of the subspecialties of medicine are another couple of years after that. So, so how much uh, is this? I don't know if this is public or typical. How much does a resident typically get paid? It's a moving target. I okay. probably couldn't. Is there a range? Yeah, I, I I I plotted it out on one of my blog posts okay. uh, at yeah, one perfect. point. But it, if it fits kind of the if you look at people are it, the typical age group of someone going through mm-hmm. residency, we're, we're somewhere between the fiftieth and the seventy fifth percentile compared to other people our age within Canada in terms of of income. So okay, it's 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 you know it's upper middle class. So if some if the typical let's say typical is a hundred thousand dollars or let's say fifty, yeah, it'd be probably <laughs> closer to fifty. Fifty, then maybe they're making what. 50 to 75% of that. Is that what you're saying? When I went through, we started off 37 and then I peaked yeah. up, peaked out around 50. Yeah, you can so. reveal your, yours. Yeah. It's, uh, that was, and uh, it, it's probably moved a lot. That was how many the, years ago. If, if we can, if that would have been, mind. that would have been, uh, the early two thousands. Yeah. Okay. So you're making somewhere between 37 and 50 as you go along. This is, this is livable, especially at oh, the yeah, time. For so sure. That's it is. a yeah. nice, comfortable, it's not yeah. full doctor money, definitely not specialist money, but it's what, like you said, somebody coming out of university might make if like I was yeah. starting an accounting job or, yep. you know, actually I wouldn't say advertising and marketing cause they, st- they started way lower than that. When, if I remember, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so you do start to get paid. Yeah. You get paid and it's livable. I mean, it, it, it's not corrected for the number of hours that you work. Yeah. But, but it, <laughs> it does give you, it gives you money to start, you know, supporting yourself. Cause you're working like the same doctor hours that you would be working uh, when you're uh, not a resident, right? When you're uh, later on, when you're a full doctor, right? Yeah, usually. Residents don't realize that usually. They don't really know until they start doing it. Yeah. The thing that's different, though, is when you have graduated and then you have a bit more control over the situation. So you can work similar hours to what you did before and you'll make more money. You can work less hours and make less money. You can work in one area and and have more opportunities than if you work in another area. So, so there's freedom there. There's freedom there to kind of select and, and you, you make your own money based on what you do. So you can scale that up and scale that down. Okay. So and, you, and you're basically earning your freedom by paying these resident dues, if you will, by, you know, doing these long hours learning. Yeah. It's on the job training, basically. Yeah, that's what and it is, right? It's on the job training and that's how you get experience. Yeah. And the good thing is you actually get, it paid, is nice you actually get, get paid. paid something yeah, for it. Yeah. So, cause they, like, I suppose they could have built it in a way where you have to do, you know, six more years just working in a hospital for free uh, as a student, right? Yeah. Probably. That could have been the original plan. Could have been the original plan. I like that this is a, this is a paid. I, I like it especially because my, my wife is doing this. Yeah. Thing. Well, you, need, <laughs> you also need some, you need some light at the end of the tunnel. And that's yeah. you know, one of the problems with medicine is that, yes, you do eventually have a high-paying job. Yeah. But there's a lot of delayed gratification to yeah. get there. So if you have that all pent up along the way without any grad- gradual improvement if it was 10 years then, yeah then it, then it and then you it's like you suddenly win the lottery you'd be like one of these people who has nothing wins the lottery and blows it oh, all in yeah. one year and they're broke again that's you a know? great so, point so the contrast would be even be even more than even, it is now yeah. and so okay so your experience then uh, you're doing the six years. You're not able to touch the debt yet, or were you able to start cracking down on the debt during residency? Yeah, we we started whittling okay. it. We started yeah, whittling it down because my my wife and I both we lived on very little. Didn't yeah, cost so us much both, to live. So. You might have been making the same amount of money. Yeah, and then when I yeah when I got got my residency 
job. You know, we were we we didn't really change how we lived from when she was supporting us. That's smart. By much, uh, we you know we rented a little house instead of being in the apartment building we were before. And uh, somewhere around my third year, we got a. I I got a car to drive. It was an older car, okay. but but at least I you know I wouldn't get run over in it because I rode my bike up uh, until that point. Wow. Okay. And uh, so we didn't spend a lot of money. So really, we we were able to whittle down our debt during that time period. Okay. And then uh, towards the later years of my residency, I was able to moonlight. So I'd had my when I was doing my fellowship work, mm-hmm. I had my license, so I could take if I and I had you know several weeks of vacation a year, so I could take a week off and go do a locum somewhere make some extra money. And once I was able to start doing that, that's I was able to eliminate the line of credit at that point. Okay, that's pretty awesome. Quickly. Okay, so there's a couple things in there. Fellowship, how is that different from residency? Technically, a fellowship means you have a license already, like an independent license. And so was that after your six years? or There's gray zone. So sure. when I did, after four years, I got my internal medicine license. Okay, okay. So then I still did another couple of years after that as a resident. Yeah where I was doing my subspecialty training, but I also had an independent license. So as long as I was working, that wasn't interfering with any of the, oh, the training I that I was doing. So if I was not, I would do it on vacations, basically. So that's still, that's a fellowship at that point? Is that what it's called? We used to call it fellowship, but sure. really the, now the proper term is just it's another part of residency. So, I see, okay. And so. fel- fellowship now and sort of the the latest iteration of the language would mean that I've done even my subspecialty training and I'm doing like an extra bit of time okay uh just doing extra training on top of all that other training in which case you don't get a resident salary you 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 have to bill for the work that you do and then either you get to keep some of it and the university would keep some of it or whatever interesting institution you're training with is and you get you get sort of a, essentially a salary out of that but you're not quite uh let go yet yeah right? you're still yeah part of you're, you're working but you're working part of a supervised program so it's like residency with residency without license residency with license yeah and then but you're still part of the residency so you you nothing changes on that end but because you have the license now you said locum means you can work remotely for a doctor when they're on vacation yeah basically and yeah. it has the dual benefits one is that you're vacation isn't spending money somewhere <laughs> and two that you're actually making money so yeah doing that knocks off the debt pretty quickly i mean it comes at the cost of no vacation va- of not having vacation but and, and how was like how was med school and residency for that like i mean you guess you weren't used to going on vacation no you weren't no and, and i was a lot younger back then yeah and you went you went you went from <laughs> undergrad to med school to residency so it's not like you're like yeah no we did a bunch of trips no, and, no we didn't take any trips yeah we didn't so really. That's a, I guess that's a good benefit of going straight through it. Okay, so you're 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 able to crush the debt then by the end of residency. Yeah, we we did get the line of credit finished off by the end. That's pretty great. Yeah, that was that was good. Okay, so do you have a memory then of of the first time you started making doctor money? Yeah, I do. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I went and we did one of these locums. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere I went up north and did a locum, and then uh, with the amount of money that I'd made in that week, I came home. And I bought myself the most awesome set of weight equipment on the planet. Okay. Because prior to that, I'd gotten, you know, I'd had like stuff that I'd had in, from uh, when I was a kid and it was kind of falling apart. Yeah. And then I'd gotten some stuff off Kijiji, which was kind of pretty sketchy. And I was, you know, I wanted to work. For me, part of the, one of the issues was with time. If I had to go to a gym, I would never go because I'd have to of course. go do the gym thing, blah, 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 come back. Whereas if it was in my basement, well, I could go down in the morning, work out, and then go to work. So you wanted so, high-quality stuff. Yeah, I wanted high-quality stuff, and I didn't want to get crushed uh, under a bunch of weights in my basement either. So <laughs> so I bought this self-spotting machine. And, oh, yeah, and, nice. And all this really good 
good equipment. To- so were you making like, did you have a list in your head of things or, or just ways that you might improve your life once you had a chance? Or was this just uh, the first sort of random thing? Oh, no, I, I've been eyeing that for a while. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. my, and my wife had been after me to do something about it because she didn't want to come down to the basement and find, find me squished, <laughs> squished by, by weights and she couldn't really help me. And she me, didn't so. want to spot you either. No, yeah. no. Or, she or did. maybe couldn't. Yeah, right? we're, not, we're, not a, we're not a couple that should work out together. <laughs> <laughs> Very different, different styles, different styles. Yeah. So, but were, did you have, were you still using a budget at this point? Like, did you carry that through? Oh yeah, I did for sure. And so did you go and make this purchase knowing that everything else was covered and that you were good and this was, was yeah. extra money for you? Yeah, it was extra money for yeah. us. But it, so I, I think one of the, one of the things that I think, you know, when I said earlier, it's a per- perfect storm when you start to make the doctor money. Sure. Right? So you have years and years of delayed gratification and pent up mm. demand and, you know, you can see your friends who finished school before yeah, you. They didn't and, take a long residency. Yeah. Or, or didn't go into medicine at all. Sure, all they've, that, they've, done, yeah. they've had other careers and done other things. And they've got all, of you course. know, they're further down the, the financial mm. spectrum than you are. Whereas you've kind of been bottled up. If you, don't, if you don't do something to kind of acknowledge that, then you can kind of go crazy. It's kind of like the Mennonite from Springa where they have this time where you have to, you know, go... Let it let loose a little bit. Oh, so go that you discover can then, the world. Yeah, and then before you go into your full adult responsibility life. Yeah, I saw that in the. Well, it was the the Amish in the, the yeah. states, but the, the movie Kingpin, and they really explored that in a really really bad way. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's that's the idea. Yeah. Right? So went, so this was this was my I splurged on something that I really wanted, and it it also wasn't something that was uh, insanely. Expensive and also wasn't something that created me created a, a structural maintenance problem. So, no. yeah, it, like the worst thing to do is you get your doctor money and you go buy a huge, ginormous house. Yes, because then you, it's bigger money and you can't just turn around and get rid of it. Which spoiler you revealed on the blog that you did later? I did later on. <laughs> later yes. on. Yeah. So okay, it's about but, sequence. Though. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, yeah. You, you it wasn't like right away. So. You buy this weight set, and okay, so as you got you got a thing that you wanted, and that, that's good. It's nice. I mean, it's a, you've been in school and residency for yep. so long. Yeah. So now, how are you managing this new influx of money? And and uh, I don't you you can't reveal the details, but do you know averages of a say a new doctor or something in your specialty at the time? Say, in terms of I guess net. Net would probably be what's important, yeah. right? Because your gross billings are not your net. Yeah, right? I mean, it would depend on how much how much you worked, but yeah, yeah be expected salary for what I was sure. doing was about one fifty, but people yeah. would make more than that. So, so that means one, somewhere around two fifty. Is that one fifty in your bank account, or is that one fifty before income tax? Well, before tax, yeah, yeah. before taxes, before right? Tax. Uh, what's the income tax rate these days? It's the highest. Yeah, it's pretty punitive. Yeah, at this is point. it like forty-five or fifty? Fifty-four percent is the highest. Fifty-four percent is the highest, highest and we rate. won't say that if you're making the highest or the last, but you know, we can imagine if the, the yeah. average at that time for your position. Yeah. So you don't even get to keep all of it. You you get yeah, half it, or less than half of it. Yeah, that. it's it's funny. I think well, I think people that make more money have more disposable income. Yes. So yes, yes we can absorb uh more tax rates yeah. to help pay for what's going on. I think you know, I think that is actually fair. I I and that's, I feel that's, that way too. And yeah. that's part of how you know we can make a society work. However, at some point if you start to cross psychological barriers where you know people are going to it's actually going to modify people's behaviors. Mm. Then and you start to have a tax that suppresses productivity. Okay, which I think they're not going to do which, more. Yeah, which mm. and 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 with these 
even five years ago, it was 48% was the highest marginal tax rate. And now yeah. it's 54. Well, now it's, a, you know, there's a 5% clawback before, from the government before you get paid. Okay. And then there's, yeah. and then there's the 54% on top of that. And, you know, there's other, we have other dues and things that we have to pay that have yeah, all risen as well, course. even yeah. though our, our, our incomes have not. So even though we do make a lot of income, the... There, there's very much diminishing returns after a certain point. And there's a lot of doctors now who I know are scaling back or cutting back or kind of looking, well, you know, we're always weighing, you know, how much of my investment of my time and That's a good sacrifice point. time with my family and um, yeah. you know, run myself into the ground. Am I going to do for what kind of return? And, you know, maybe I should just work less and, and enjoy it. Because mm. if I work more, even though it's filling a need, well, if it's, if I'm not, it might get if I'm not if I'm if I'm getting dollars yeah if I'm getting yeah. 40, 40 cents on the dollar yeah, yeah I, I don't know is interesting it, should I do that and then I have to retire earlier because I've destroyed my body or or can I work slower and longer and not lose as much to to the tax and then and then have a more should I smooth it out more because that's what that's one of the difficulties about medicine is that you have this long period of time where you don't make a lot of income mm-hmm. and you accrue a lot of debt. Yes. And then you have to pay that off. And then you start later essentially to actually have your debt paid off and yeah. be making income. So you have a, you have a compressed period of time in which to save for your retirement and sure. do these things. And if you're, yes, you make more money, but if the amount you make gets cut because of the tax system, it's actually harder to make more in a compressed period of time compared to somebody who has a long period of time stretched out where they can make you know, a, a good a good wage and not lose as much to tax over that longer period of time, and they get earlier compounding the, growth the and compounding. all these things. So. That, that's a really interesting point to make, right? Because we always think, you know, doctors raking it in, but you're right. You have less of a time horizon, less compounding time. If somebody starts when they're when they're 19 years old working. Yeah, it's very hard to catch up to that. I don't know what. Uh, I actually I should look this up. I don't know what a lot of the trades make, but I feel like it's really decent money. No, they these do. Days, they do. Yeah, they right? do well. Yeah, and so if you're doing Doing that, you didn't have any school debt, uh, or you just you took a uh, maybe two years or whatever the the apprenticeship was, mm-hmm. and you're probably actually I think I just spoke to someone you get paid during your apprenticeship like residency anyway, yep. so they're making money from the get go. They're saving up. They could they could very likely be financially independent before a doctor. Oh yeah, because e- of the e- late start easily. Yeah, that, mm. that's yeah. So I think that's and that's part of why I think doctors fall into the trap because they don't they don't realize that. They just see that they're making a lot of money now. So then they spend it and all. They spend they, the money has come in, and they've wow. had all this time of pent up demand, and then now they have the money, so they want to spend it, and they, you know, and they feel like they need to reward themselves for all of this delayed gratification. So yeah, I was totally fine with you getting those weights. Yeah, you know, that so seemed, and, right. Yeah, no, and that's the that's the thing. So you can totally justify it, and you can totally feel okay about it, but you don't realize actually that despite making this large income. After taxes and when you account for the fact you have to plan for your own retirement and you have a defined period of time where you can do that, you're not as rich as you think. Yeah. And, that's... The, and you don't want to find that out later, which is what happens to a lot of people. They don't realize till they're now staring it in the face or something happens and they can't work as much anymore. Yeah, that, that's, those are the things we need to worry about. And, and as, as physicians, you're much more aware of that, hopefully, that that can happen, depending on a, what area you work in, especially. Yeah. Did you then start to make a savings plan, retirement plan, maxing out things? or what did Yeah, you oh yeah. We, so you know, I said my parents' two goals, one was to send us to university, and the other one was to retire early. So you know, my dad gave me the wealthy barber and okay, you had that. Yeah. yeah. And to, you know, and immediately, even when I was a resident, I, you know, <laughs> back then we didn't have TFSAs, but I would 
max out my RRSP every year. Even as a resident? Even, even as a resident. Okay. Just because yeah. like, I, didn't, I didn't declare the deduction yet because I waited till I had a higher income to Smart. do that. Yeah, okay. But, uh, and then when TFSAs came out, I would stuff those too. And then by oh, that point, I was already a physician, so practicing independently. So you put money uh, in an RRSP account, but you wouldn't, uh, you can declare the deduction later. You can just sort of save them all up. Yeah, you can. So when I was a resident, seven years or something, or no, or is it just no? I think it's I think it's indefinitely. I'm not, don't quote me on that. Yeah, but I no, think you no. Could, but it, it only it only matters if you're going to have a huge income jump, which so, you know, which you do predictably so as I, a physician. I don't know if you write about this, but is this something you've written about? Like you know, if yeah. you do this, then of course, yeah, like yeah, I probably have. I, I think now, I think. Currently, it would be different because now the TFSA, I think, has changed oh, the landscape. Oh, you would so put the money in there. I would have, if, if that was there, sure. I would have done the TFSA because... Because you wouldn't have had that much money to put no, away I would, anyway. No, I would have had to choose one or the other. That's right. Okay, And I would point. have chosen a TFSA hands down. But that was sort of the... You, you're doing the TFSA sort of in that you're putting money aside in something, but yeah. not uh, claiming the low, low tax credit you would get. No. You're be, waiting till you You made, have to... Yeah. I mean, yeah. You have to put money you have to pay yourself first and put money away for your future before you get the money in your hand and then you would have had tuition education credits as well yep or did you pass those on to your to your wife well you know i can't even remember it was so oh, long or ago. your parents it probably yeah probably well at first when i was when they paid when they paid it would have been parents. passed on to them yeah and then when my wife was supporting us it would have been passed on to her so yeah because these are the big things i don't know if everybody realizes when, when you get out of school if you you can only transfer up to five grand of yeah. tuition to your parents and other people. And anyway. it has to be in the year it occurs. Exactly. Too. Right. So then otherwise you have all of these credits. And then when you first start making your, your first money, which you probably did in residency, mm-hmm. you would have paid very little tax after med, after paying for med school for three or four years. Yeah. Do you I can't, remember that? I no. honestly yeah. can't remember anymore, <laughs> but uh, that's, that that's usually the case. And yeah. uh, it's because you have all these credits that you can't use yet. And then you can only, I remember, I, I remember them. saving them up and, and, and you could save up, the money is spent on equipment and those things. Yeah, uh, all I think the, I think I used it all the first year. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I I, fe- I think you have to apply it. Um, you can't carry past uh, yeah. uh, an income year. Yeah, yeah. I think you, I I think that you do too. I'm not sure. But. It's been a while for me too, but yeah. yeah so I don't think you want to risk losing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you already you had had some in your RSP, and then you would have got a nice tax refund. Which are you a reinvest the refund type person? Yeah, I, or I, spend it. No, no, you don't spend it. <laughs> a lot of people do. Yeah, but it, all all that is 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 that's all you're doing with your RSP is you're deferring tax to later. Basically, the government's giving you deferred tax money now. Yeah. You're going to pay them the tax later, so it's not really a gift. Uh, David Chilton actually wrote a separate article about this, and yeah. apparently the stats are a lot of people don't. So, I mean, I'm fortunate to be in the position... And I am where I can max up my TVSA, max up yes, my RSP, yes. and still save money. But if I wasn't, I would do my RSP and I'd take that refund and use it to top up my TFSA. Yeah. You know, and get the government to fund my other tax free account. That's actually really smart. You know, if, if you have the ability to do that, otherwise, try your best to put money in a TFSA yeah. or RSP yeah. money that pa- money that passes into my hand is going to go out of my hand so yeah. the only best way to sa- <laughs> the best way to save is to is to have it go straight into one of these accounts that's where a I, smart where realization I, where, I, where, I, where I know I'm not going to touch it and yeah in TFSA do you feel like you then I feel, always feel the need to clarify 
these are investments. These are not accounts. Uh, these are plans. So you would you would yeah. either you can have money in a savings account or money in an investment, and then say to the bank or whoever it's with or the investment company, hey, this is under the RSP plan. Can you report it to the government? That's what that is. There's no such thing as putting money in an RSP or, or a TFSA. They're just designations. So does, yeah. that's my public yeah, service yeah. announcement. Yeah, and, uh, and, the, <laughs> and the biggest mis- the biggest disser- public disservice we've had is called the TFSA a savings account. Oh, man. It's not. It's terrible. It's just, that, that's like the one gift investment account that you'll ever get. Yeah, it's it really... Cause there's stories. Don't blow it on a savings. Oh, just leave it in. Like, Sa- savings are for saving. And it's not even a good savings account because if you take money out, it's not like you can turn around and put it back in in the same calendar year. Yeah, you can. You have to it's, wait until the it's, next it's, year. So it's not a good savings account and it's a great investment account. It's uh, like, I mean, I guess they're tr- they were trying to encourage people to save money at all with that name, I well, guess. I, I, I think it was politically more palatable to call it a savings sure. account. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. There's stories of uh, you know how the TFSA was just starting and it was five thousand or fifty five hundred as the years went on per year and like well I can't do a lot with that but then there was these stories of people who invest like the money that they put in there it they just happen to get lucky and it grew yeah. somebody somehow has fifty thousand dollars in a TFSA designated investment account when th- that's higher than the limit ever could be. And that's because the growth... It just, yeah, you can have that growth. You can have that growth and it's tax-free. Yeah. So, like, there are there are a lot of benefits of having, you know, even risky stuff in an R, in a TFSA. Yeah, I think, I, for me, if I, my approach to TFSA is when you're in your accumulating phase, it's got to put the growthy stuff in there. Yeah. And just let it sit there for years and years and years. Don't, don't touch it. And you don't want to put the sort of safer income generating stuff until later when you actually want to use it as income yeah because because then you'll actually have more there to generate income if you let it grow first that's the best part about the tfsa for me is when you need it you're just taking money out of an account Mm -hmm. you you don't have to the government doesn't say please pay me tax on this. it's not income no it's It's just money exactly and that's that's really i like that aspect of it and i i hope well, you've, you've, it. you have paid tax on it. You've paid We've tax already on it. done it. Paid we tax it on it before first. you put it in there. That's so. right. Which is what, uh, what David Children was saying in his article is people are doing that anyway by spending their refund. Uh, so the, yeah. he really does compare them in an equal way. The only way the RSP is advantageous is if you do reinvest the tax refund. And then that, I like your point of putting it in the TFSA. Yeah. Well, I think the other, the other thing that could be an advantage with the RSP, which would be potentially for people like a physician who makes a high, high income That's while they're right. working. And then when you retire, if you st- if you have like a, a low cost of retirement, then you go from paying it out and getting refunded at a high marginal tax rate and then take it out at a low marginal tax rate, then you've actually reduced your taxes, not just deferred them. So it definitely a benefit for, for so if you go, in your yeah, position. If you're going from high to low... That's Which you can pretty much guarantee that's going to happen. You know, the only uh, I, I hope I, well, I, I put in stuff at forty eight percent a few years ago, and it's now fifty four. It's yeah. a virtual rate. So wow, yeah, right. <laughs> so so if we continue down that uh, that oh, who path, knows what the tax rates are going to be? Who knows what they'll be when we retire? We really don't know. So it is possible. And the other risk that for you, you could you could get burned on that. Yeah, the uh, the other thing that uh, you might run into uh, is because you have a high rate of savings is the minimum withdrawal rates might be too high. There are yeah. worse problems there's, to oh have. Yeah, they, yeah there's than worse problems to take to out too much money. But if the idea, as you said, is to pay less tax, and like this is mostly about just taking advantage of the government, uh, uh, you know, and not like letting them win constantly, right? Yeah. Uh, and take uh, more and more money from us. 
is you, like out of principle, you want to be paying less tax, right? Even if that means more money for you, it's still like you're giving them more tax. Yeah, well, you I mean you're you're gonna owe them the tax at some point. So, yeah, you know, and that you know that helps keep everything running. Yeah, the tax. So, is, so right. I'm not I'm not an, I'm not anti-tax. <laughs> I but I do. I'm worried about taxes that modify behaviors in ways that we don't want, That's which we discussed. Which we yeah. discussed. And the the thing with the RRSP is that you don't have to wait till you're older to take those minimum things out. So, like if I were to have a highly punitive tax rate for continuing to work, I may just retire early. And then if I retire, say in my fifties, you can start melting down your RRSP in you your fifties, yeah, and do it over a gradual period of time and keep your marginal tax rate low. So, That's a good point. So if you ever think that you're going to have a, a too high of a minimum withdrawal rate, like you know, if you got millions and millions or something in there, yeah, I would start early. Start on early. It, start early on it and do some projections. That's why, yeah, I think you need to plan how the the extraction strategy i think is much more difficult to plan than the the accumulation strategy everybody focuses on like i'm gonna have this much for retirement maybe maybe you can retire or be financially independent earlier i like to use uh, the fi terminology because retirement isn't what it used to be right yeah exactly so you're saving you're maxing things out wherever you can and when did you decide you wanted to start like writing we, uh, we should probably jump into it into, sure. into the blog yeah sure no i i, I just started to uh i decided to do that i was on a on a vacation with my kids mm-hmm. we had just uh i'd just done my black belt in karate wow, and, okay. and part of that was reading self-help books which i've i've never done okay and uh i read a few books on leadership because i figured well at least that's something i'd be interested in doing one of them one of them uh was stephen covey who's a mm-hmm. famous leadership writer and one of his book the, for the, the seven yeah, habits yeah so the seven habits and then the eighth habit is finding your voice and the, okay which you know at that point to finding your voice is is meant for more the the, the court of sort of information age where you if there's something that you have that you can help others with and uh that's valuable and then get it out there then maybe oh. that's something that you can pursue so I, I like that so i thought about that and i thought okay well this was also around the time where you know the uh government was just starting to really go after the small businesses and corporations and physicians in general. Okay. And, uh, you know, so I think more morale, I think is it's fair to say has been pretty low, Yeah. especially around the issue of money. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is something I do know about and, you know, you can have a healthy relationship with it or a bad one. And a lot of doctors are starting to actually pay a bit more attention now because there's, you know, before you just put your head to the grindstone and you'd go, yeah. And, and, you know, you enjoyed your work and you knew you were going to be financially secure and everything is good. But if you're being vilified and and your financial piece is being targeted, mm. well, you don't feel so secure anymore. You don't feel as warm and fuzzy about it anymore. Okay. And that leads people to get burnt out. Sure. So, so they, they're working harder to sort of make up for, for it? Or? Well, there's two approaches. Yeah. One is, I think the assumption is when they do this, that people just work harder to continue to support their lifestyle. And if they leak more out as tax, then they'll accept that. But I think the smarter way really is to look at how you're spending your money and, and make sure you're doing it in a way that actually is, uh, you're getting enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at your work, well, if you handle your finances correctly, then your work can be something that you enjoy and find rewarding. And it's not just for money because yeah. if it's just for money, you're going to burn out, you're going to hate it and you're not going to last. You're going to have a, t- you're not going to have the career you could have had. If you, get your financial house in order as a physician, you can have the best career ever because you can, you, you'll, you'll be, be fine financially and you can 
be free to kind of shift into all these different opportunities that come up as a physician to kind of go where you think you're needed and where the interest is and mm. where you think you can actually do something good with your time. And so, not worry about money. And not worry about money. Money should never be the goal, right? It shouldn't be. But if people are spending and they have to have their money to support what they're spending, then they have to work. No, it's and a they prison. Ha- yeah, and they, yeah. they have to do that. Whereas if you can free yourself from that, you can actually do so much more. What a terrible thing, right? Where you you train for so long to get this high-paying job, and now you're being held hostage by this lifestyle that you think that you either deserve or can afford, but you really can't. Yeah, and we've and we've we've created those cages ourselves. Yeah, yeah that's true. You, eh? you know, so it's a it are it is something we can actually control. Yeah, and so you you had this insight because you it seems like you never had a lot of issue with. Uh, this kind of self control, other than the weights or what? Did you ever have any in- other incidents? Oh yeah, no, I know. I, I've I've spent money in other ways too, but we've always made sure that our plan yeah. was on track. And then if we had extra, it's the then, extra, then, money. then we could decide what to do with. Yeah, that, that's very so. very responsible. It just seems like something that you built up from when you were a kid, and even in the cadets, probably helped you. And your parents are very like careful or precise. They're careful, and they just you know they even for my grandparents they just they enjoy things that yeah. don't cost a lot of money. And my wife and I were the same, and we've still been the same. And with with our kids, we're the same. We do a lot of things together that don't cost a lot of money, and we're quite happy with that. Mm-hmm. And we have also done things that have cost us a lot of money, and we honestly haven't enjoyed it as much. We have done some of the expensive vacations, and sure. and you know it was okay, but we missed our dogs and. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and I'd be annoyed by it because I know that it was, this is costing me so much money and I have to work so much to actually pay for all of this Yeah, that, that, that you know, it's not really as enjoyable realizing that, you know, so. Yeah. And like if, yeah, if you enjoy spending money fine, like then you can, you know, do whatever you want. But if yeah, think about whether you're actually enjoying this, yeah, you, right? Yeah. And physicians can spend money and, and they, we are very, very fortunate that way. Mm-hmm. The key is to spend it wisely and actually to be deliberate with it. Rather than just uh, kind of go along with, uh, you know, the which way the wind is blowing or whatever the pressures are around you socially, what to, a doctor is supposed to be. Yeah, to be. Don't to don't be don't don't be what a doctor is supposed to be. Yeah, be, be what you be, be, you. be yourself. Yeah, and do what you think is important, and don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Absolutely. So you were thinking of a, a domain for this blog, or you knew you wanted to write online. That was. Thing, or were you thinking of maybe writing a book or what? Well, I thought I'd write online. It's it's yeah. a bit more free form. So. And the domains, did you have like your, so the Looney Doctor, which is a, a play on, uh, play on Canadian words, yeah. $1, right? Yeah. And I like it. And it was supposed to be like also people thinking of it's fun, like uh, yeah, a isn't little that, bit that, loony as well. Yeah, well, that yeah, is because yeah. that's what I say by be, you know, being yourself and not worrying what other people sure. think the mold that you should fit into is because... Yeah. Yeah, some people look at some things they do and they would think I'm a little loony. <laughs> but you know what? I'm happy. And that, I think there's a reason why eccentric people tend to actually have a bit more happiness than the yeah. average population. There's studies to show that because, you know, they, they can dance like nobody's watching and they don't care. <laughs> That's right. I love that. That's really great. So you started writing and then were you starting to get uh, a lot of feedback from like other physicians uh, reading or just, I mean, you told your colleagues or t- did you tell them right away? No, I didn't tell anybody right away. Okay. I mean, I, part of why I did this is because I do. I, we would have all these clandestine conversations in the hallways because <laughs> sure. yeah. there's, there's a big there's a big taboo around money in medicine. And, I'm sure there you is. You know, yeah. we we all 
we all get into medicine, I think, for the right reasons. Yeah. Those who don't, don't last. Okay. And, uh, but, and, and, you know, we all are, our focus is, 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 is doing a great job and looking after our patients and, yeah. and that aspect of it. However, looking after our finances is important for us to actually function. It's mm-hmm. like the physical body of a practice. And if you neglect it, then you get sick and you, you yeah. can have all the heart you want. But but you're not going to be at top of your game. So we do actually, you know, people will talk about it and ask me about it, but they do it quietly and kind of on the side because no one wants to be seen as the doctor who cares about money. Like, what would they say to you? Like, just a, say an example conversation. Would there be specific things like about billing or there'd be, uh, you know, uh, more general questions about, uh, you know, how... How should I invest, or yeah. how you know should or I you should I use an RSP? Should I incorporate, or should I incorporate? Yeah, those would be you know some of the big common some questions, more specific or, ones, yeah, or for, like for, running my practice, you know, for people who are working in medicine, um, and then just more general ones that everybody might have too. Yeah, yeah. But you, and you would be able to to advise, like they would just go, come to you. Did everyone start to just know you were the person? Well, they're, they're the people who work with me. Yeah. know because I have helped work the business side of our practice yes, okay. for, for years. So they, so they know that I know how to do that yeah. aspect of it. So they'd ask me questions around that. They usually. need to come and, to you. Yeah. So what about response from, so, you know, you're obviously, you're in one place in one hospital or m- maybe yeah. a few different hospitals, but in one city, uh, were you able to reach uh, uh, like the rest of Canada? Well, I think that's what the blog's for. And I yeah. think I am gradually getting, getting out there to reach uh, more and, for any physicians that do read my blog, to share it with your friends. Yeah, yeah. Unless you don't like them. Well, there's only a hand. Like uh, when I was uh, looking into this, there's only a handful in Canada. Am I right? Yeah, there's a yeah. Well, yeah. Or there's even a, a few. There's very only very few of us. I mean, there's a lot of uh, people writing in the U.S. about finance that are physicians. But okay. that's it's a little bit different. It's a, yeah, there's a lot. There, we I think we we share a lot of the same issues. Yeah, and we same we share a lot of the same issues with everybody. But in Canada, physicians have some different issues. And, you know, as some of the things we've talked about, I think physicians have some different issues from the average person in the population, mm-hmm. too. So there was really no one writing about that here. And uh, so, again, it's one of these areas I think there was an, a need and, and an area where I could find my voice and try to yeah. actually move uh, move things forward in, in some way. Because in the uh, States, uh, the phys- physician on fire is probably physician the on one. fire and there's a uh, white coat investor. Those are the yeah. two big ones. But the, that they would talk generally about things that would affect, as you said, the, the, the perfect storm when you, say, leave residency and mm-hmm. then the income coming in. Those are, might apply. But then in terms of strategies, a Canadian might not get a lot of value out of that. Yeah, yeah, and I think we 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 have we the landscape here is quite different. So yeah. in the U.S., the most people most physicians are employees. Okay, uh, interesting. There's you know there's both models, but yeah, here, of course, it's a totally here there here we have a it's most of us have to run a business in some yeah. form or another. There and are some corporation people, is big. Yeah, right? some people have a salary, but most people have to run a business. So there's that aspect of it which is different, and then mm. our taxation system. It's very, very different. Yeah, so there, that aspect of it too. Yeah, so the and then on the but also on the plus side, the, we you know we have universal health care. So yeah, so that that makes the business part of it a bit different too. Where you know the U.S. you're free to set prices and set your business model however you want based on the the market. Sure, but you may not get paid anything. 
Oh, yeah. You know, and you still have things to do. Whereas here, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed, you're mostly guaranteed to get paid probably 95% of the time. Because it's the government that is paying. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they they can find ways out of it. But uh, you usually get paid. (laughs) But you also don't get to set your fees. I'm curious. You don't get to set your fees and you don't get to. How uh, would the government find their way out of paying you? Well, is there an oh, example of that? Oh, yeah. There, there, there's examples of that. The, so everybody in Ontario, I'm sure, thinks that they're insured by OHIP, but they're not. Okay. So if they haven't filled out a card or it's expired, and then yeah. they'll go see the doctor. And even if you get your card reinstated, the government won't go back and pay you for really? that. So you're either for, you either have to bill the patient directly oh, or just accept no. it as a loss. So and if, okay, so if I had most an expired, of us just accept it as a loss. If so. my OHIP card, my health card for Ontario was expired right now and I went in and it's say my regular doctor and they don't check, is that a situation? And then, yeah, then, then they perform services, they bill, the government looks the government at will it and say, sorry. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah. So everybody listening, make sure your cards <laughs> your are up card. to date because you're, yeah. co- you know, I, 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 I even I even had one once where a patient passed away, and oh, I looked after yeah. them uh, where you know the, in the, where they had passed away, and then within a, I submitted for my bill within a week of them passing away, and they had already the government had canceled already, their health card oh, and, and and was refusing to pay for the service that provided leading up to, to their death because they said well they're dead and they have no health card anymore. Wow. So so they they can find way. It's very fun. It's okay, funny well, the ways they like, can find. It's I don't like the government. It's almost did, comical. Did that, but also <laughs> that's a huge lesson in uh, timely billing. Right. Yeah. For, well, for any business. Yeah, because, it is. Hey, you never know what's going to happen to somebody. So you'd be like, if you perform service, you build it right away, doctor or not, you know, collect your money because yeah, you don't know what's <laughs> going to happen to somebody. No. Uh, yeah. Because it could happen to anybody. If, a, yep. if somebody like a business, uh, a vendor just did something or you, you know, you did something for them and they owe you money. This person passes away. You may eventually get the money, but it's going to be hard now, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, and when that sort of happens, most of us just kind of... Well, yeah, and it's like, it sounds like you wouldn't bill a patient no. uh, if, uh, if they were alive uh, even. I don't, but again, like I say, most of the time we get paid. Yeah. So it's not a big... If it was like a big issue, then yeah, I, I would then probably can, have to, but... And you can afford a few yeah, things exactly. here and there. Yeah, exactly. But that's interesting that the government uh, takes that out on you. You know, you think that they would bill the person who didn't have the card, no, right? that or, wouldn't, or that they would pay you and then try no, to collect they, from them. Yeah, d- no, they wouldn't because that wouldn't be very right. politically smart. Would yeah, it? <laughs> that's it's, it's better. Who, who, you know, do it to the doctors. Yeah, yeah they, exactly. You can let you hold the bag. <laughs> so you're gonna keep uh, like, do you post on a regular basis? What's your? Do you have a, a sporadic schedule? Yeah, I, 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 I try to post something every week. I've missed a few here and there because I've sure. just been busy and hey, life's been busy. But I try to put something out each week. Understandable. Yeah. And, and the, the things that I'm writing about, I tend to, I, I try to get into a fair bit of detail about it. And the, because a lot of the a lot of the big physician blogs, you know, they'll give good general general descriptions. And same with a lot of the personal finance blogs. It's very good generalized. Yeah. Uh, information, but physicians have very specific. Yeah, and you're a niche blog. There's so a, it's, you it's very it's very niche. niche yeah. So uh, so I end up having to go into detail sometimes, which is niche, which takes a long time to to work through. Yeah, because I'm, I'm my, sure on my end to make sure things are correct. So. Like, I'm sure uh, anybody can get value out of uh, all the general personal finance blogs, including my own. But yeah, we don't know the specifics, and that's that's where you that's where you shine, right? You yeah, not I, only have you not only know the specific, you've been through it, you know what works or, or doesn't. So yeah, you live through and it, I, and I think that's an issue for physicians, especially because if you do want to do managing your own finances as a physician, you can do that. But find the information 
uh, that you need to do that's more difficult because it's it is specialized mm-hmm. and then they also rely there's a big industry of people who would love to do it for you yes who have all that information and they won't put it out there freely no because that's that's how they make their their livings too so yeah so you can you can you can pay for it and it's hard to, it's hard to find it if you're not and, and 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 there's good reasons for that too because it is very specialized and really even when I give situations on my, on my blog everybody's situation as a physician is very different so you yeah. really you actually do need people like you need accountants and you need experts yes but part of that there's nothing wrong with learning a little bit yourself right think, so that when you're dealing with those experts you well, understand I think more. I think you I think you have to yes. because one of the things that I've found to be the gap is uh, accountants are great at taxes and mm-hmm. they can take whatever mess you've given them and they can sort out that, that the taxes. We're good at organizing. But, and the, you know, if you have a financial advisor and you're using that or you're doing yourself, if you don't organize your portfolio the right way, well, there's not much the accountant can do with that. That's right. And you have to have, you have to kind of know a bit yourself to know how you can bridge from one to the other. And they actually may function as silos separately. So if you don't know about these things, you actually, you'll never know, what you don't know and and your account yeah. will go on and make and do your taxes and everything will be fine and your advisor could do and your financial stuff you can do that and be fine but they're not as good as they could have been if you made them work together and it's only as good as the source materials you provide right yeah. if you don't submit all the expenses you could or you don't you know give them if you don't yep. talk about what your goals are for your finances yeah right then somebody's just going to put you, know, you in something yeah and you're like, exactly well, that doesn't i wanted to buy a house and that's uh, now locked up in yeah uh, our, our yeah. sp yeah. yeah so you have to understand these things yourself yeah it's good to have that well and i appreciate your your writing especially uh for this uh you know hole in the market that there was in canadian personal finance so Thanks for coming and uh, and telling. I don't think I said your name at all, right? No, like, I don't. I think we. I think we did good. But I am gonna go through this and yeah. edit it and yeah. take out anything that would reveal. So yeah, so it's looneydoctor.ca. Yeah, and that's l o l o o n i e, right? Do- yeah. Doctor is uh, pretty standard, and yeah, you can. Uh, Go online and read. And can people, I think I couldn't uh, get a hold of you on the website, but you're saying you maybe put back a contact. Yeah, I fixed it back. Okay, so great. So there's a way to contact you on the site. People can ask you specific questions. I mean, you're not, you you can't give them specific advice. I I can try to be helpful. Yeah. However, yeah, I'm not a financial advisor. Or would you prefer that they they just read the blog? Yeah, the blog, reading the blog is generally the best. Okay. You know, and I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an accountant. And everybody's situation is very, very specific, especially with medicine and corporation and all these issues it's very there's a lot of nooks and crannies there so can people comment on the blog or do you have that yeah up? there's comments yeah, yeah so people can put comments on and then i'm sure you reply to yeah to I'll, those. I'll take my best crack at so it. yeah so if there's anything yeah. that needs clarification then yeah, yeah and that's that, the, and that's actually the best way because then other people who are they think, get the benefit other yeah. people are thinking the same question for sure yeah think, there's always people the thinking what you're thinking yeah or you know sometimes people will just point out a different angle which is important to know about too so it's it's better to have that uh, there for everyone to sort of see and benefit and from. And you are on Twitter as well. Did I find yeah, you on Twitter? I, yeah, I did. Have, I have like a thing that automatically does that. Okay, so but I, I, I'm not, not active. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not. Okay. Uh, I'm, so the blog is the place. The so blog is the place. Okay. I, I'm technologically a little challenged. Great. Okay, so <laughs> go to the blog. It's all good. It's all good. Well, okay. Thanks so much uh, for telling your story. This is great. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave me a five-star rating, a review, or both. If you're already a subscriber, you're awesome. 
Please join my Facebook group so I can thank you personally. To find the group, go to Facebook and search for The Personal Finance Show. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Personal Finance Show. I'll be back next week with the author of The Art of Allowance and the creator of The Money Mammals, John Lanza.